0: I'm Paul
1: and I'm Helen
0: and welcome to Poirot Greatest Detective. Today we'll be exploring Triangle at Rhodes.
1: Indeed we will.
0: Excellent. I have some background information on this. Good. As you know, I like to ferret these things out. Absolutely. So, Triangle at Rhodes was first published in the US in this week, in February 1936, and then as Poirot and the Triangle at Rhodes in the Strand magazine in May 1936, and then eventually in book form in the collection Murder in the Muse in 1937, which we've covered before with Murder in the Muse. Now, for the TV episode, that first aired on Sunday the 12th of February, 1989, and that was directed again by Rennie Rye, and it was dramatised by Stephen Wakelam. So, I forgot these were actually on Sundays, that was the day yeah, of the week Sunday that they disappeared. Night. Yeah, prime time. Absolutely. Well, a lot of money had gone into it by London Weekend Television, Absolutely. as we'll discuss later on. Yeah. So, that's the kind of background history to it. But we
1: have, should we answer the plot? Yes, but I think it's first worth mentioning, spoilers oh, are ahead. Yes, we should say As that. As ever, we <laughs> are going to give it away, everything, <laughs> no holds barred.
0: Everything, we're going to give everything if away, you haven't watched, please take it. If
1: you haven't watched it, stop, go away and watch it
0: stop and go away and then come back again, yeah please.
1: and then come back yeah
0: spoilers abound do not listen unless seen we're now halfway all through read. the first series all read <laughs> it's like right from the beginning we spoil absolutely everything because we've had one or two people say oh no. Says, no this is this is a deep dive podcast
1: i mean it came out 34 years ago so well, had quite a bit of time there are people, fully grown adults, who have never, who this weren't is, even
0: born when this came out. That's
1: inconceivable, <laughs> but yes, that is very true.
0: Okay, so okay. everything we do on this series, spoilers everywhere. So please read yeah. it or watch it first, because no holds barred podcasting. That's what we're all about, honest Go. Anyway.
1: <laughs> Shall I do na- the plot synopsis?
0: <laughs> that's the public service announcement done. Okay. Should we get on with the plot?
1: Sure, okay. The Plot. So the episode starts with a scene at Whitehaven Mansions, which basically explains the whereabouts of Miss Lemon and Hastings. Poirot, meanwhile, is on holiday in Rhodes. While there, he befriends Miss Lyle while they're exploring the old town. And when they return to the hotel, they see a couple called the Chantry's arriving. And Mrs Chantry is rather well known on husband number four or five. I forget exactly how She's many. She's very glamorous. mm Later on, while Poirot's getting ready for dinner, he sees another couple, the Golds, arrive. Um, even though they'd all been on the same boat, the Chantries had whisked off in the hotel car and left the Golds at the port. Next day, on the beach, we begin to see the interplay between the two couples, with the setting up of Mrs Chantry's interest in Mr Gold and the displeasure of their respective spouses. Miss Lyle observes the eternal triangle and draws the shape in the sand. She's quite gleeful at the interplay between the couples and their relationships. The next scene shows Mrs. Gold left behind from a trip that the others have taken, although um, Mr. Gold is seen saying that Mrs. Gold had a headache and had chosen to stay in the hotel. Mm. Later on, they take a trip to a temple, which the whole group that of all the characters um, have taken. Mr. Gold and then Poirot make the sign of the cross at a chapel. And then Miss Lyle and Mrs. Gold take particular interest when they see one of the island's poisonous snakes, which is some kind of viper, I think.
0: Horned viper, I think.
1: Yeah. At lunch, Mrs. Gold makes remarks about people who get divorced. Mr. Tranchy tells her off, takes quite a lot of umbrage at this, and so she leaves the table clearly upset. Mr. Tranchy then accuses Mr. Gold of being interested in his wife, Mrs. Chantry. I say, Yeah. Poirot follows Mrs. Gold and warns her to leave the island before it's too late and if she values her life. Later that night, we see Poirot packing to leave because he's going to catch the night boat. While he's packing, he overhears, he does a lot of eavesdropping in this episode, he overhears well, detective. Mrs. Gold telling Miss Lyle that her husband wants a divorce. Later that evening, after Poirot has left, the women visit a temple for some jolly japes and photographs, it seems, while the men are in the bar. Mr Gold buys a round and when the women arrive Mr Chantry gives his drink to his wife and she is killed. Um, He accused Gold of poisoning it. Miss Lyle manages to find Poirot at the port where he's been detained on suspicion of being a spy I think. Um, So he returns to the hotel to investigate he interviews Mr. Gould and determines that he's actually Catholic so wouldn't ever ask for a divorce and then he and Miss Lyle manage to track down where the poison was bought. Poirot is completely unsurprised that it had been bought by Mrs. Gould. He knew that Mr. Chantry and Mrs. Gould were having an affair and had plotted the whole thing. Following a rather unexpected boat chase... Mrs. Gold and Mr. Chantry are captured and Mr. Gold is released.
0: Hooray! All is well in the end. (laughs) (coughs) Oh, dear.
1: Usual thing, yeah. Oh,
0: yes. Phew. (laughs) So, I'm going to go from the top on this one because I always try to make... I reminded myself of what the opening scene is mm. in each episode. Yeah. And the opening scene for this particular one, Triangle at Rhodes, is a shot, of course, of Whitehaven yeah. mansions, my favourite place yeah. there is. <laughs> and it's actually the kind of doormen talking about the fact that the gang of four are not together yeah, because They've kind of gone they're all on very, holiday. They're all, they're all on holiday. I thought
1: this was quite clever. Initially, I was a bit puzzled because I was like, "Well, the book opens on the scene in the story, short story opens in the scene when they're on the beach." Mm. So I was like, "What? What's going on?" <laughs> Yeah. but actually it's a really neat way of explaining why Hastings isn't with Poirot and why where the Miss Lemon four, is there? Yeah, yeah no mention of Jack, but he's busy detecting. I assume yeah I mean it's very it, it's very yeah. efficient I
0: mean it's a very brief scene and it shows it's raining yeah. so it's drizzly weather and why wouldn't Poirot go to somewhere sunny and hot. like yeah. and hot like roads
1: mm-hmm. no good leaving all this stuff for 56b then on holiday well all of them Oh, yeah. And Captain Hastings has gone off shooting things, and the secretary has gone off to visit her sister in Folkestone. Oh, what about the French one? Somewhere foreign. Sent me a postcard with goats on it.
0: So I thought that was a really good, efficient yeah, yeah, opening scene. I did as and well. it's got Whitehaven Mansions in it, so, so I always got it. of course, to you look. like it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I can just see our podcasting studio up there, top left. Yeah, yeah, one day, yeah, one day. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> So I thought that was really nice. And then it cuts straight to a scene in Rhodes Marketplace. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, you've got the kind of authentic music playing in the background, yeah. um, which we'll come on to later. is quite interesting. And, and you've got, you know, you start to see the introduction of Poirot and uh, Miss Lyle yeah. and so on.
1: Now, she's not at all like how I pictured her in the mm. short story. In the short story, I got the impression she was a much younger woman. And obviously she's on holiday with a friend who's been cut from this and I'm not really surprised why because she doesn't really really contribute much to the short story. Um, so she's a little bit older I guess mm. and what I thought was quite interesting is that her and Poirot in that first scene are actually dressed quite similar. Yes. So they're both in sort of white um, linen outfits and they, of course, Poirot has his usual little flower brooch thing. That which he is always, explained much later yes, which in the series. Wears. Yeah. But she's also on the same left-hand side lapel wearing a red turtle brooch. So it looks quite similar and it's showing I don't know, showing their similarities. Well, they maybe. get on very well during yeah. the episode. Yeah. I mean, this is
0: something we'll come on to a bit later. Uh, too much foreshadowing. But they're, they're, re- they're really yeah. quite, quite together. I mean, this,
1: this. this is the first time I think because Hastings isn't here that we've seen Poirot have one of his female assistants because he has a number of them throughout the episodes and and usually you can tell, oh, that's Poirot's assistant. They're probably all right. (laughs) Not always, but probably.
0: Uh, The other thing that was apparent from this, because it's a question you asked me earlier on and I was checking up, is that we said at the very start, like the first episode, when we were doing the background detail, that London Weekend Television once they committed to this, they really threw a yeah, lot yeah. of money at this series, not just on the period productions mm. that were there in London, but the fact that they actually shipped the entire production crew to Rhodes.
1: Because I was like, where did they film? Because I couldn't remember it before I watched it, where, where it was. And I was like, oh, did they film it like at the beach at Bournemouth? Or- no, but no, completely... Abroad.
0: No uh, locations included. Calathea Springs yeah. in Greece for the bathing and beach scene, and Rodiaki Epavli in Rhodes, so uh, the hotel exterior. Yeah. And so, yeah, they shipped everybody mm. out, which is a big crew. Yeah, yeah, really. it's a
1: lot of big, big and, expense. And, it's,
0: and at this point, they hadn't released the series. No. So it's like it's a real commitment. Yeah, yeah. So uh, quite impressive Absolutely. that they did
1: that. Um And I think what's interesting, the other thing that this one is the first of. This is one of Poirot's first visits abroad, of mm. which again. There are a number of those <laughs> throughout as well.
0: Well, that's, that's a kind of theme throughout the kind of Poirot stories mm. because Agatha Christie was a, was a big fan of travel, international yeah. travel. She did a lot of it herself, as mm-hmm. we know. So she was often writing about places that she had been yeah, herself. Yeah,
1: journeys she taken. Yeah, I mean, yeah. things
0: like, when we come into things like Murder in Mesopotamia and yeah, archaeological yeah. digs. Right, what do you know, and she was travelling all around yeah, the world.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I had to refresh my memory on when reading the short story and then watching the the episode was it actually Rhodes was Italian at this point yeah I did not know this I, I in my head I just assumed it was Greek and had always been Greek, or maybe Turkish for a bit. But well, I, I looked yeah. this
0: up afterwards on the history of this, and because we see in again one of the early scenes, we see black shirts, mm. we see Italian fascist black shirts, yeah. and there's a lot of um, references to Mussolini. You see the newspapers, the Daily Express yeah. and the Daily Sketch, being carried by the expats or you know the visitors, mm-hmm. tourists, pictures of Mussolini and so on. Yeah. So it's very much set in that geopolitical context mm. of the mid 1930s. I mean, everything's supposed to be set essentially in 1936 mm-hmm. plus or minus maybe 15 months or yeah, so yeah. because as I have talked about efficiencies in production and so yeah. on and it's done really well but this is really much centred on that especially with some of the other characters coming in who are not what they pretend yeah, to
1: be. Yeah so Major, I can't remember his name so the major is um his role is expanded a lot more in the Mm. in the episode than it is in the short story he's just one of the guests in the hotel and and he's there sort of essentially some sort of spy almost he's keeping an eye oh
0: i think he's definitely a spy but this does not fool poirot with the the major's fishing trips in the morning yeah
1: because he's seen quite early on disappearing into an unmarked door that looked really suspicious i did was like is he going to a brothel what's going <laughs> Has on a repute yeah i <laughs> sure don't know it wasn't quite uh, wasn't quite clear was it
0: <laughs> but coming back to when Rhodes was occupied because i didn't realize that it, it was occupied by the Italians mm-hmm but apparently it belonged to the Ottomans until 1912 and then went to the Italians as part of the Italo-Turkish War. So between 1912 and 1943 it was controlled by Italy. Yeah. Then in 1943, because Italy changed sides in the war, the Germans occupied it and they occupied it until the end of World War II. Then the British occupied it between 1945 and 1948 and then 1949 onwards it went to Greece. Mm-hmm. So that was the order of things. So mid 1936 it's been in Italian hands for almost quarter of a century yeah, yeah. at this point
1: and it was just something I'd never I'd never realized no, I didn't I didn't
0: yeah. I was surprised like why are there Italian yeah. black shirts on the streets of Rhodes yeah. I just and well they, so it's very good period piece there good mm. research by, yeah which you, which you would expect yeah. with this kind of I mean the
1: it, it's mentioned in the short story about it being Italian mm. and that was the point at which I had to go away and, and look up the <laughs> later History. I knew some stuff about the prehistory, but not about the, the <laughs> That's a whole different podcast. Yeah, yeah. But again, um,
0: very good uh, period of production by the crew because y- y- if you kind of freeze frame, as we like to do from mm. time to time, on the newspapers or, the, you know, we can see like Poirot, whoever, mm-hmm. it's flicking through the Daily Express or whatever it is.
1: You can see on the front cover. You can cover, see on the front cover. The, it's it's, it's talking headlines. about
0: Mussolini. It's talking about what France is doing. Yeah. And this is the period where, you know, things are starting to gear up towards World War II. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it's, they've got that kind of background yeah. in place.
1: Um, so going back to the plot, mm. there are quite a few, if you know what to look for, there are, you start to see the hints that are being dropped about that things are not as obvious as they seem with, with it being um, Mr. Gold and Mrs. Chantry and it mm. actually it's the other way around. So when they're on the beach, um, Mrs. Gold makes some comment about the holiday being her husband's idea. Have you ever been to Rhodes before? No, it's lovely, isn't it? Such a clever idea of yours, darling. And he's just spent the previous couple of minutes going, "Oh, we could have just stayed in Brixton." Um, and Poirot has quite a look. <laughs> One of his. You see, I, mm. this washed over yeah, me. Yeah, it's yeah. It's was completely out for washed it. over
0: because you picked up on a few of. There's things. a few
1: other things, yeah. So when Poirot, and Mrs. Gould, are chatting the next day when she'd been left behind quote-unquote on this visit or has she she talks about how men get tired of mrs chantry so obviously she knows something i mean mrs chantry's remarried a number Mm. of times so she's
0: she's probably glamorous but shallow
1: yeah yeah but also that the men get bored of her so Mm. because she knows that mr chantry has got bored of her yes and then that whole thing about having the thing about she doesn't believe in divorce, and um, and then Mister Chantry accuses Mister Gold of flirting with his wife. Those are them setting up for their mm, that's eventual... Commander
0: Chantry and Mrs. Gold. doing Yeah, that, setting and them up. they're
1: setting up this narrative that they're being. Their betrayed. spouses are being. Be- they're yeah, the yeah. ones who are being betrayed. Well, I belong to the old-fashioned generation that doesn't believe in divorce. sort of attitude there is to life nowadays that if you do a thing and you don't like it you get yourself out of it as quickly as possible easy marriage easy divorce i hate that
0: there was no need for that yes well i can't imagine why you brought your wife on holiday anyway gold what do you mean because you only have eyes for valentine don't be ridiculous you must be drunk if you and my wife think you can put this one over on me you're very much mistaken i'll not be got rid of as
1: easily as all that and there's also a bit where we see Mr. Gold make the sign of the cross in that chapel and then Poirot does and obviously Poirot's Catholic yes. and and Mr. Gold does it, which is how Poirot knows he's a Catholic. That's something that's not in the short story and is actually quite a nice mm. So Catholics traditionally touch. don't
0: like to get divorced. Yeah,
1: oh, it's against the religion.
0: Yeah, unless you're King Henry VIII. But that's a different podcast <laughs> and we don't podcast about the Tudors because yeah. everybody else does.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's just a a few of those and when when he warns her to leave before it's too late leave this place before it is too late too late
0: what do you mean you're frightening me
1: yes that is my intention
0: why why
1: it is my advice to you leave this island if you value your life you know that Again, is this the first time we've seen Poirot using his little grey cells and seeing what might happen and trying to warn people off? I know he does it later well, in... Well, there's,
0: there's a classic... He actually says, does it, basically, he says, you know, I can't... Yeah, yeah. There's no murder to report even yeah. if I can see one Yeah, I can't coming. say
1: someone's got murder in their heart. But he but he warns the murderer off.
0: Because
1: mm. he does it later in um, Death on the Nile, I think. But is this the first time we've seen it in the TV series? Well, it's interesting because
0: okay. the way it's it's set up in the in the TV episode, it's like... You feel like Mrs. Gold is the one who's going to be yeah, murdered. Yeah, absolutely. Because you think, well, that's you know. But it's it's, yeah, it's yeah. cleverly done. I really like the way they've put in these subtle twists, where even you know, I've, I've forgotten that bit. Even on this uh, third rewatching of it, something like this. Yeah. You know, just these really nice setup scenes where you think mm. it's one thing, and you it's do like, have to go back, <gasps> rewind, plot twist. Yeah. <laughs> Get to the end, yeah. you go, go back, rewatch it, and you go, yeah. oh, there's yeah, that yeah. very subtle clue the, once you know the end. The
1: other thing that I thought they did really well in this episode, which they didn't do um, a couple of episodes back mm. in The Adventure of Johnny Waverley, is they actually had Poirot leaving... Because why would you try and commit a murder while Poirot is there with his reputation? Yes. Which is why I was so cross with Johnny Waverley because I was like, why would you invite him if your whole plan is to do this? Well, that
0: was hubris. I think we were. I,
1: I know, but it was... I know. But at least here... Because I actually said to you at one point, well, why would you do it while Poirot was here? Then I was like, oh, no, he's leaving. He's gone. They think he's left roads
0: if the security uh, teams hadn't stopped yeah, detained yeah. him because they thought he was a yeah. spy yeah not realizing he was a detective yeah yeah then yeah he would have left
1: now the only other thing that does is that poirot actually witnesses he doesn't witness them putting the stuff in the drink because he would absolutely have stopped it if he'd mm. have seen that but what he witnesses is mr chantry putting the bottle into mr gold's pocket and that is a key piece of evidence that makes the police go oh, okay actually yeah maybe we've got this wrong mm. because poirot's not there he doesn't see that but he's dead he dismisses the fact that well of course his fingerprints are on the bottle because you made him empty his bottle. i mean the italian
0: police <laughs> think it's an open and shut case yeah. it's very simple. because it looks that way yeah and that's right that's yeah. that's why mr gold is in jail yeah but poirot knows even at that point that mr gold is innocent innocent. and he said and I thought it was quite bold of Poirot to say that to Mr Gold when he went to visit him in prison
1: Poirot they'll hang me for this
0: not while I have the power to prevent it monsieur Poirot knows he's innocent and will do his best but you can't necessarily yeah, guarantee yeah. that but you know obviously but that's a you will.
1: bit of Poirot's vanity isn't yes. it that I am the best I, I am the greatest detective I I'm know you're innocent therefore him. you will be released yeah, yeah.
0: you know as opposed to well other things happen besides yeah, yeah. that so yes the other thing I uh, I wanted to comment on really was I mean the story is called Triangle Roads, mm. And that triangle is basically the love triangle, which, yeah. as you say, Pamela Lyle drew in the sand in front of Poirot. Although in the saying, book,
1: Poirot does that. Really? Yeah, Poirot oh, it it draws it in the, in the sand and yeah. he he comments on the... Triangle, because um, from but what I know, the triangle is not the one that no. Lyle you you think it is because that's yeah, the way it's yeah. set up. That's yeah. the way it's yeah, all yeah. done.
0: And you think, oh, you know, um, Mrs. Chantry is a femme fatale kind yeah, of character, yeah. and all this, and her husband is the pawn. No, 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 commanded mm-hmm. Chantry. Yeah, so that and it's a. There's much more about relationships. This mm-hmm. is much more about you know romantic mm-hmm. relationships in this episode. And Poirot is not only master of. Murder in that sense of working out why somebody does something. But that's also related to relationships, yeah. About how people interact and with why, each other. And why would ob- they, observer. what's their
1: motivation? You know, yeah. you've got to understand the motivation to see it coming in the way he sort of does.
0: Poirot mm, has to know, have such background in how people work, his psychology of people, yeah. that he can actually understand and predict that. Mm-hmm. Plus, his keen observation is what makes him the greatest detective. <laughs> <laughs> so So the relationship side of that yeah. I think it really comes to the fore. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not just a plot of here's a murder, it's about money or something yeah, like this. Yeah. It's very much on that kind of social and personal relationship side yeah, kind of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean on that relationship side, I guess at the end there's that interesting scene where Miss Lyle says goodbye to Poirot and I actually turned what? to you and went, Does she fancy Poirot? It was quite intimate. Yeah. And he was quite intimate with her as Yeah, I thought. she's like, I hope I see you again and there's like a knowing uh-huh. look. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Poirot, ooh, you dog. Oh. No, 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 it's good. no, it is. I mean, we know he has to love from afar and yeah, he has the yeah, other thing. Yeah. But I think it was quite obvious in that final mm. scene that, you know, she likes Poirot. Yeah, and yeah. I think Poirot likes her, not, not necessarily in the same way. He, yeah, he admires yeah. her as a, as a woman yeah, yeah. and as a person. But if he'd let himself only love then you know maybe maybe he would have tuned up they could you know he could be married and they could go off and together and do uh, (laughs) things together and that would have taken Poirot in a very different direction post 1936.
1: (laughs) it would have made the rest of the series a bit different. (laughs) It certainly
0: wasn't expecting that twist. Poirot gets married and he and the the former (laughs) Miss Lyle go off and solve crime around the world.
1: She'd be be Pamela Poirot.
0: Yeah well he needs looking at. she called Pamela Yes, here, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pamela Poirot, <laughs> the Poirot's go investigate. We've we've done a split off alternative reality version. <laughs> That's
1: another one for the uh, Poirot multiverse. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> excellent. Oh. I mean, but no, it was really. I mean, you know, they part, mm. but yeah, you could you could see there was a connection mm. there between them, yeah. as it was all the way through. They obviously
1: yeah. were
0: in, were in sympathy. I with mean, each they other.
1: they have there's this couple of scenes at the end of the story, which again are not in the in the short story where they do this hunt for the um, the poison mm. to see who's bought it because you can't just buy it anywhere. And they start off, the major sends them off to see this forensic scientist who, this, who is the guy who's tucked behind the door, the mysterious door he knocked on at the beginning.
0: And he wasn't in a brothel.
1: So. And while he's a British guy, he's dressed in a very odd... <laughs> sort
0: of um i think he's dressed in a local manner local he, he had folk
1: a, costume he had like a,
0: what, yes. a northern accent i mean he had oh, a, yeah, a very yeah. british accent yeah. it's like oh yeah i came here and i love the place yeah. and so i decided to stay yeah. and therefore he essentially assimilated and yeah. that's, that's I know. fine i Great. just Great. good i just Hoorah. found
1: it a bit strange and then they basically hunt down to find what this poison And that obviously you get the big reveal that mrs gold bought it and poirot was like yeah i knew that whatever <laughs>
0: No, I've got in my notes that the poison isn't the poison that was originally in the story, and I don't know if you remember that or not. That in the T V episode, yeah. um, Valentine Chantry, Mrs. Chantry, is poisoned with snake venom.
1: Yeah, because the scene with the snake isn't in the in the short story either.
0: Yeah, from the Fanged Viper, you yeah. know. So I mean, because apparently the island of Rhodes was also known in ancient times as the island of snakes. So, you know, there's, I mean, we see snakes early on, so there's, that's kind of foreshadowing in there but I think it's supposed to be stropothanin is actually used as the poison rather than a snake venom because, of course, Agatha Christie... Yes,
1: it is stropothanin, yeah. A heart heart poison. Yes. that they actually found the rest of it in his dinner jacket pocket. Ooh,
0: because Agatha Christie, of course, because of her background of working in pharmacy as well, poison was her metier. That that is what she Mm -hmm. really knew very well. A lot of people get poisoned in Agatha Christie's (laughs) stories. So why they made that change, maybe thought it would be more in fitting with Rose, and to, have, and to have and to
1: have that whole scene where yeah. they track down the poison and who bought it, maybe.
0: Because again, they're expanding these short stories yeah. into something that's got to last. At which leads us minutes. to the
1: boat chase, <gasps> which is drama, slightly dramatic, but not as dramatic as it could Oh he's got dynamite! Oh, oh he's just been shot by the policeman, okay.
0: Property
1: dynamite we fire!
0: You're you Now I commented on that when I watched <laughs> yeah. it because I thought there are Italian police on a boat following. So you've yeah. got three boats. You've got the escaping boat with Mrs. Gold and Commander Chantry and they're mm-hmm. trying to get away. Yeah. Then you've got Poirot and Pamela Trying to and the major. And the major and the major. Another triangle. <laughs> <Quote>. Yes. <laughs> Chasing them in a the second boat. And then you've got a third boat coming up behind, which has got the Italian police force in yeah. it. And
1: They sort of came out of nowhere. <laughs> I know, and it's
0: zipping along. <laughs> and then you've got Mr. Chantry who tries to throw some dynamite yeah. at Poirot. Because they and said Kirk.
1: earlier in the episode the fisherman carried it to bring the fish out. Mm. I thought we were going to have an explosion. I so I was quite disappointed when <laughs> well, that didn't
0: happen. Well, it, it was a case of Chekhov's dynamite. Yeah. You know, we've got to mention it earlier in the yeah, episode yeah. that this is what they do, so you understand yeah. when Chantry tries to throw it. And then, but the thing is, you've got these two Italian policemen with rifles mm. on a fast-moving yeah, yeah. boat at sea that then from a distance Shoot out of Commander Chantry's hand The dynamite That is like a shot In a million on the boat Going up down I wonder if they were down.
1: aiming To just shoot him in the chest And I don't missed. know You've got to say
0: Why <laughs> did the Italians Lose the war If they've got marksmen like
1: that I think That's he, an incredible shot I reckon he was aiming Aiming for the chest And missed <laughs> <laughs>
0: Shot the dynamite Out of his hand What did he do Land in a blow To blow them up That would have been A different scene Well
1: I did wonder If that's how They were going to end it Like <gasps> oh my god They're going to explode <laughs> oh, no. They really
0: have changed this From the original <laughs> oh dear yeah. but no and then they're all you know ah oh, brought to justice and mm-hmm. so on
1: and then the only other change they made which i was disgusted at because poirot <gasps> likes it Ooh. is he has a syrup de cassis because he's in the bar with them the mm. night of the murder and when they take a round of drinks that's what poirot orders and they make a big thing of it well what's that some sort of ricky oh, oh, with the implication of that's not a manly man's drink <laughs> but poirot doesn't care but yeah. obviously he wasn't there so he didn't get it
0: but it all ends well they, they sorted out the people who you think are involved in some things are not it's all been a setup yeah. cleverly done really enjoyed it yeah should we move on to i recognize that chap yeah. we're probably overdue yeah i recognize that chap now to be fair in this section i didn't recognize many people personally visually no. who had actually appeared in other things mm-hmm. but a couple that apparently did stand out were Francis Lowe, who played Pamela Lyle, who was Poirot's assistant in this episode, and John Cartwright, who played Commander Chantry. So they've been in a few things. A lot of these actors, I thought, oh, they've been in Holby City. Oh, they've been in Casualty. But those are British hospital soap dramas Mm -hmm. that have been running for decades. So everybody's been in those. That's no kind of big thing. But Francis has been in Gosford Park. She Mm -hmm. was in that. She was in Shallow Grave. She's been in Miss Marple, Jonathan Creek, and she was in The Professionals, which is going way, way back into about 1980. Okay. John Cartwright, he was in uh, Judge Dredd 99 Code Red, which I think must have been an audio kind of drama. Mm-hmm. He was in Drop the Dead Donkey, and he was also in The Professionals as well. So if you remember Bodie and Doyle from the 1980s. Oh, you, wait, you were three. Yeah. You okay, were. you might not remember the professionals. <laughs> I, know, it, I, I know what it is-ish. but. Yeah. And the British Empire. Yeah. So again, a lot of these careers are stretching back mm. quite a few yeah, years, yeah. back into the 70s and early 80s, mm-hmm. and they're getting this nice new opportunity on yeah, the first yeah. series of Poirot.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the actors are sort of, I guess, jobbing British actors who yeah. have been in lots of different things. Absolutely. Yeah. The only other one I really wanted to pick up on was the actor who played Mr. Gold, who is Peter Settelen, because he's best known for actually doing voice coaching for Princess Diana. Really? In the early 90s, yeah. Wow. So... Yeah.
0: (laughs) That unexpected. I know. So we have our royal
1: connection. (laughs) Absolutely. Hooray. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, and apparently he had, um, because it was to help her develop her public speaking voice, and he recorded her talking about her private life, and those tapes were seized following her death.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I did not know that. So it's not the king's speech, it's the princess's Mm. speech, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Fancy that.
1: Of all the things. There we go. (gasps) The
0: royal connection has been made. This is our new quest. (laughs) We must find all the royal connections.
1: It's not who do you think you are. (laughs) (laughs) Could be.
0: Anyway, so just a few in this case for I recognise that chap. Mm -hmm. But should we move on to Trivial Matter? Yeah. A Trivial Matter. Right, I do have a few bits and pieces on this, actually. Okay. So... Looking through my extensive <laughs> notes, do you remember at the beginning um, we talked about the the music that mm, was being played? Yeah. Because to set the scene for it being on the island of Rhodes, there was a particular instrument that was being played. And that was the santuri, which apparently is a member of the hammer dulcimer family. Of, like obviously. Very, yeah, of, yeah. I mean, oh, who doesn't know that? Not like I looked it up on Wikipedia before we did this episode, but I did. <laughs> And, and so that particular instrument plays through. And then every so often, it actually plays the Poirot theme tune yeah, yeah. on it. I thought, <laughs> how good is that? That's great. That's, that's putting effort in. Yeah. You know, play the Poirot theme tune <laughs> on the Santuri. So it's really nice to kind of hear that. You know, it's just set helping set the scene mm-hmm. that this actually was on the island of Rhodes. Yeah. where they, they had moved the crew to. Yeah. Relating to the actual short story itself, going back through Poirot, Greatest Detective by Mark Aldrich, which is a great book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is yeah. a really good book to look through. The story first appeared in anthology form in Murder in the Muse. Mm-hmm. And actually, Triangle Roads was going to be, or was toyed with by Christie as an idea of making this into a full-length novel. Mm. And instead, the themes from this actually became part of Evil Under the Sun. So you'll see those themes again in Evil Under the Sun, which doesn't come out in the Poirot TV series until the first episode of Series 8 in 2001. So those key plot points and character motivations can again be seen in what becomes Evil Under the Sun later.
1: No doubt I'll have forgotten that by the time we get to it. Yeah, because that's Series (laughs) 8, so it's going to
0: take us a while to actually get there. And again, Christy considered adapting it to the stage, Mm -hmm. and it appeared on the radio in the US, actually, in 1942, on CBS Radio as part of the Murder Clinic series. So... It's clear that Christie was often taking the stories that she'd written and was thinking about how she could transform yeah. them into other media, whether yeah, it was yeah. stage plays, whether it was radio, or extending yeah. and remoulding those stories mm, into the novel longer. form. Or you know. mm-hmm. So she, she didn't just leave them alone yeah, in that yeah. sense and certainly considered adapting them. And of course, she did quite a few stage plays yeah. as well. Because yeah. we've seen *The Mousetrap*, mm-hmm. which isn't Poirot, but she did you know, yeah. other, apparently she did other things besides Poirot, Gosh, which I find thought. difficult to yeah, believe. Yeah. This is Marple character, do you know? Not sure what's going on there. And finally, this this I picked up from. To be fair, it was off uh, IMDb, and I had to double check this was true. But it was. It says on IMDb that in the final scene, as the car takes Poirot to the train station reflected in the very shiny side of the car. You can actually see the film equipment. Uh. Yeah, and I thought, is that... Because I said to you, I had to rewind and yeah, rewind yeah. it. I mean, it's literally like the last five, seconds of the, it, yeah. last five <laughs> seconds of the episode. I'm going to have to go look at it now. I didn't see it. Last five seconds of the episode, and there it is. You can see the giant tripod mm-hmm. for the film <laughs> camera reflected in the scene. This is in days before they could digitally remove yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. So, But otherwise, it's done pretty darn well, and you really have to be looking for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah somebody did, yeah. and uh, I did kind of notice that. Yeah. And I, I do like the trivia bits. Mm-hmm. Right, we should really move on. <laughs> Good
1: heavens! Well, th- this episode's a bit remarkable because Poirot does not utter the phrase, little grey cells. Oh!
0: no, Oui? Oh? We- he, does, okay, so he, doesn't- he
1: doesn't say it mm. at all. He does, however, drink a tisane.
0: Hooray! We're going to have to extend it to a tisane. Care, oh, well, I, I, had,
1: I had that uh, in my last one, I think. I'd, he'd had his first Tissane
0: so you say to say, and I say to san.
1: I might be de- saying it wrong. I don't know.
0: Well, that's like tomato and tomato.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've <have> no idea.
0: <laughs> Let's call the whole thing off. No, we're only on episode six.
1: <laughs> yeah, so he doesn't say Little yeah. Grey Cells. And obviously Hastings isn't here, so we don't have no. any interjections. No, I mean... Although somebody else does say, oh, I say, but of uh, view. Yes. So...
0: I mean, yeah. the other thing that we know Poirot likes is hot chocolate as well. Mm. In fact, right now... I am drinking a hot chocolate while we're doing this podcast, and this is actually Perfect
1: for this August weather. I know,
0: <laughs> but I'm drinking Hotel Chocolat chocolate orange, which is very nice. Made in our very own Velvetizer, which you kindly got me from my we birthday. We got
1: sponsorship. I don't know about.
0: We accept sponsorship <laughs> and advertising deals. If you're listening. We are very <laughs> open to these. We do not have one with Hotel Chocolat or excellent like hot chocolate. I, I thought we should mention that because I do. I like mm-hmm. it. And we know that Poirot also yeah. likes hot chocolate. But it's just a Tissan count on this mm-hmm. one, of which the number is.
1: Well, one in this episode, two total.
0: Yeah. OK, there we go. Yeah. OK. We should really draw it to a close. It's been. Mm. Time's getting on.
1: Yeah. So
0: yeah. we may conclude overall feelings of the episode
1: i actually quite like it i think it's actually a really clever plot and knowing what the plot is and then you can pick up on the hints and you can actually begin to see them a little bit more i'm not sure if they're emphasized in the episode a little bit more you know the whole thing about in mr gold being a catholic isn't in the short story uh, or any of that sort of thing but no I, I quite like it and i really liked that they got poirot out of the way when they committed the murder because why would anybody go through with their plot while poirot is there he's a well-known renowned detective he always works it out don't even try while he's in the room and,
0: I, I salute the logic on that absolutely yeah.
1: so i was really i was really actually quite i was a bit like what is Poirot going but actually it's sensible Mm.
0: So, I, th- I thought I I, yeah. I really enjoyed in retrospect the misdirection. Mm. You can say lots of things in hindsight, mm. and part of it is oh now you know then that's obvious misdirection. But I didn't know at the
1: time because no. I forgot
0: I'd forgotten the previous two times yeah, I watched yeah. it, so it's almost fresh again. Mm-hmm. And th- the subtlety of it was I thought was done really uh, well, well. Yeah,
1: and I think I only picked up on them because I I'd literally just read the story this week, so it was fresh in my mind. Um, yeah, but otherwise I probably wouldn't have. And you, you don't in, in Agatha Christie's stories because she's so clever.
0: Mm. It's probably time to sign off.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much for joining us and listening. Next time we'll be looking at Problem at Sea, where Poirot is on a voyage to Egypt. I think he's joined by Hastings, though.
0: Oh, is he? Oh, mm. excellent. Hooray. Yeah. So
1: another holiday for Poirot. Don't forget to check out greatestdetective.com for more and for ways to support our show.
0: Anyway, we really ought to sign off because we've been running long.
1: Great. Well, thank you very much. Until then, au
0: revoir. Au revoir. from Thin King Productions.